0: Welcome to episode 97 of the Talking Fires podcast, Ben Fadden, your host here today. Thank you so much for joining. Don't forget to subscribe on the YouTube channel if you're watching that. Uh, Subscribe to us on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get this show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Today we're going to be discussing a little bit about Tony Gwynn. Um, Obviously with the lockout, there's not a whole lot going on. If you want to, you can check out my interview that I had with Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja. It was a great discussion regarding some of the Hall of Fame stuff, you know, the problems with the voting and all that, and his reaction to Bonds and Clemens and A Rod not getting in uh, a little bit, and Jake Peavy in there not getting any votes. But then we also, he also broke down a lot about the Padres pitching staff, their rotation, you, uh, Darvish, what he's kind of learned talking with you and helping you develop some pitching grips and some of his pitches. Uh, the difference between Darvish and Scherzer. So there's a lot of cool things, you know, where the Padres rotation ranks in Major League Baseball, uh, at least on paper going into the season, as of, you know, how it is right now. Uh, so fun interview. You can watch, listen that, listen to that ap- episode 96. This is episode 97 again. Uh, Tony Gwynn, would he have hit 400 in 1994 if the strike had not happened. I think this is a really interesting subject. I did want to credit uh, Daniel Carlin on YouTube, one of the YouTube uh, subscribers, I believe. He had a comment on a previous episode about me doing an episode uh, about if Tony would have gotten to that 400 mark. Uh, and then he supplied me with the remaining schedule. And so if you guys ever have anything you want me to discuss, just let me know and we'll we'll discuss that on the show here. Um, I think before we get into the schedule and the guys that tony was going to be facing and all that i think we should just start out with a little bit of an intro and just some add some context to it um tony obviously hall of famer best padre ever he was hitting 394 in 1994 uh, that's why the padres have that brand at petco park 394 pale ale or whatever it's called a beer that's why they have it in commemoration of uh, Tony Gwynn hitting 394 in 1994 but he, so he, he that was his average in 94 on August 11th when the season stopped uh due to the work stoppage there was no World Series that year the season stopped and it did not conclude uh one of the greatest mysteries in baseball history for me uh and definitely in pottery's history is if Tony would have gotten to that 400 number had the season you know finished out um instead Because the season didn't finish out, Ted Williams is the last guy to hit 400 in the season, which he ended up doing in 1941 after a six-hit day. Now, nothing against Ted Williams from San Diego, was in the military, played for San Diego for a little bit, went to North Park. Uh, I love Ted Williams, but I think that it's fair to say that he he wasn't facing the same Hall of Fame-type caliber, at least... There were some Hall of Famers that he faced, but there weren't as many Hall of Famers that he faced uh in comparison to Tony. He, you know, Ted didn't have to go up against the Braves rotation of Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. You know, he didn't have to go up against those big name guys. I just named a few of those where Tony did, and he had success off of them, by the way. So again, I don't want to discredit Ted, but he did probably Uh, face a you know lesser competition on the mound you know when he was uh, in the batter's box and when he accomplished hitting 400 still he's the last guy to do that Um, and he probably will be the last guy to do that unless the game totally changes because while there's some guys that hit over 300 you know Adam Frazier was doing that before the trade to the potteries last year and then he kind of sucked it up after that the game has totally changed you know doesn't seem like front offices value average as much anymore they value the power the ops numbers the rbis you know that's what they care about the war and so they want the power they want guys producing runs um producing runs themselves via the home run like i mentioned so the game has just changed so i don't think players are just gonna have that goal because i think to be honest if you're going to hit 400 or be anywhere near it, you have to have the goal to do it like Tony did in 94. Because if you don't, you're going to get sucked in with all the power stuff. And that's probably your job. That's why you're getting paid that much. So, you know, I just don't see it happening because of how the game has changed. So but that's a different discussion. Um, but like, so Ted, he was the last one to hit 400 1941 season. He had a six hit day. Cause I believe they had a double header that day. Um, and I believe he had, three hits in both games, something like that. It was a six-hit day to finish it off and get the 400. Tony, uh, in, according to, I believe, A.J. Casper article that he wrote regarding this kind of same topic was, uh, I think it was in 2020 or something like that. Yeah, 2020 on LLB.com. You can check that out. Tony, believes, Tony said that he believes that he would have hit 400 uh, if the season you know, finished out. Uh, if he had the chance to finish the season, um, but let's see. This is the part of this episode here. Let's the point of it. Let's see if he, if I think he would have gotten it. Um, Tony, he would have needed 71 more hits, and his average jumped from 370 in July to three or to 475 in August. So he was hot. It wasn't like he was declining from a hot start or anything like that, or if it was consistently. 350 or something he was increasing his average he was getting hot there uh, from 370 in july to 475 in august that's a big jump to make in a month um you know in august he had seven multi-hit games out of 10 games played uh in august before that uh strike happened um so he was getting hot at the right moment that same thing with the average thing and then the multi-hit game streak or the 10 game stretch thing he was getting hot so i've you know it's it's not like he was declining and you know some biased padre fans are going to say that you know he would have still gotten there no you don't have to be biased to think that he would have got there because things were trending in the right direction for him um so you know despite how hot Tony was! I do want to say that AJ Caswell, in that article I'm mentioning on MLB.com, said that there was only an 11 percent chance of Tony getting to 400. Um, but Tony was not—he's someone that defied odds, right? He—he's not this regular hitter. He was someone that I don't think stats could like predict, really, like because he just transcended all that. Like, you know, there's—he worked. He put in the work. He improved. He's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Him and Ted Williams are up there. I know Barry Bonds fans are going to say that, but um, I don't want to get into that whole discussion again uh, like I did with the Hall of Fame and with Rob Freeman, the Pitching Ninja, on the last episode. But I wouldn't put Barry in that same conversation. He was, he was talented, but Ted and Tony didn't cheat. So, But let's let's keep it on with Tony, uh, someone who played the game the right way. Um, Tony, he wasn't the typical hitter. So I don't know how much I believe that eleven percent thing. You know that it would have only been an eleven percent chance of Tony getting to four hundred based on the project projections or whatever AJ Caswell ran. Um, so I I think that there was a greater chance of him doing it than that eleven percent. Um, so that are, those are my thoughts on it. And I think okay. So AJ Caswell also said I have it in my notes here. Gwen needed to hit 418 the rest of the way, but um, as I mentioned, he was already hitting way over 418 in those uh, 10 games that he played in August before the shutdown happened, um, so I think it was doable. Like his numbers, like I mentioned, the numbers were increasing. He was hitting over 400 in that month. Could have he continued that the rest of the year? Would have been tough, sure, but he's a guy, again, that he had his mind at, achieving that number from everything that I've read and I think that he could have done it and had a really good shot at doing it if you have your thoughts on it if he would have done it if you thought he would have done it or if you thought he wouldn't have done it let me know in the comments uh in social media YouTube wherever you're listening or watching I'd love to communicate back and forth on this um but I think obviously before we get out of here the big part in this about if Tony would have gotten it is the opponents that he would have faced you know he wasn't, you know, the, the opponent's schedule, the remaining opponents that uh, Daniel Carlin against uh, gave me uh, in the YouTube comments section on a prior episode. He wasn't facing a bunch of easy guys. With that said, though, what makes me confident in saying that Tony would have gotten to 400, first person said Ted Williams in 1941, was that he was successful during that season against the opponents that he was facing that he was projected to face that the Padres are going to be facing and he was successful against the pit, the elite pitchers that he was supposed to face not in his career only, but that season as well. So I do want to run over, run through the schedule, the remaining schedule that Tony would have faced uh, and the average, the ERA of that team, that season, the whole pitching staff's ERA and Tony's average, that he had against those teams. So, first off, uh, the Padres, if again, this is if the, sh- the stop did not happen and they would have continued the full season, regular season only, obviously, the Padres would have had three games against the San Francisco Giants. And against the Giants in 1994, Tony or the pitching staff of the Giants had a cumulative. 3.99 earned average so not great but not bad but with that said tony had a 429 batting average against the giants so they had three against san francisco three against st louis st louis had a 514 earned, earned average tony hit 391 against them in 1994 up to that point then they'd had four games against the atlanta braves who had a 3.57 era again that was the big three rotation with smoltz clavin uh, and maddox Three five seven ERA for Atlanta, uh, but Tony against those Hall of Famers, still that pitching staff, he hit two seventy three against them, which is really good considering that you're facing Hall of Famers. Uh, I I guarantee you that a lot of the good hitters did not succeed that much against the Braves pitchers as much as Tony did. Um, then they would have three against the then Florida Marlins, now Miami Marlins. Then the Florida Marlins, they would have three there. Marlins had a 4.50 earned run average, and he hit 231 against them. So it's not that's terrible in Tony Gwynn's standards, um, but it's still over 200. Uh, They'd have three more against Atlanta uh, this time at home. Again, a 3.57 ERA. Atlanta's pitching staff had Tony again was hitting 273 against them, uh, leading up to that point in the season. Then the Potters have three more against the Florida Marlins, a 4.50 ERA. The pitching staff had hitting 231, obviously, like I mentioned. Then three against the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, who had a 4.64 ERA, so not great. And Tony feasted off them in 1994, a 3.64 batting average. So odds are he would have succeeded there. Odds are he would have succeeded against the Cardinals again, three more at St. Louis this time. 5-1-4 four, four. earned on average, St. Louis had. Uh, Tony was hitting 391 off of them in 1994. Three more against Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh at the Pirates. Uh, Pirates, again, the pitching staff 464 ERA. Tony was hitting 364 off of the Pirates pitching staff that year. Then three more at San Francisco at 399 uh, pitching staff earned on average for San Francisco. Tony was hitting 429 off of the Giants pitching staff that year. Then they go home, back home, three against the Cubs. Again, this is all what their schedule would have been if the season would have continued in 1994. Three at home against the Cubs. Cubs had a 447 earned run average. Tony was hitting 324 against them. Again, over 300. Uh, They'd have three against Houston, the Astros, 397 earned run average. Was Houston's pitching staff? Tony was hitting four seventeen against the Houston Astros. So not not even against Houston was it over three hundred. It was it was over four hundred. Um, so he, he he was feasting off of a lot of these guys. Uh, then they'd have three at home against the Dodgers, who had a pitching staff ERA that year of four one seven. Uh, let's see. Tony was hitting five fourteen against the Dodgers that year. Five fourteen. You know how ridiculous that is. So, I mean, that's back-to-back-to-back-to-back opponents where he was hitting at least 324 against there in that stretch of games that they would have had in those series. Then, after the Dodgers series, they have three at Cincinnati who had a pitching staff area of three nine eight. and Tony was hitting three thirty-three off of them. So a third of the time, he was getting a hit. And then they'd finish off the season with three at Colorado uh, with in Colorado, had a 5.15 ERA uh, as a pitching staff that year in 1994. Tony was hitting 378 against them. So, if you notice a trend there, and that was the, I know that was a while, but if you notice a trend, that was a lot of opponents that Tony feasted off of that were upcoming opponents, and you combine that with the fact that Tony had his average bump up significantly from July to August, he was getting hot hotter than he already was, which was the best hitter in the league that year. um, Odds are, I think he would have gotten to that 400 number. Um, I think this, in terms of that projected remaining schedule as a whole, um, the only two opponents that Tony Gwynn was hitting under 300 against in that whole projected field, or excuse me, there were only two opponents. I messed that up, sorry. There were only two opponents that Tony was going to face that he was hitting under 300 against. So that just shows how great he was doing, you know, and those two opponents, Atlanta Braves, who had three Hall of Famers on that pitching staff and then the Florida Marlins. So, and everyone has their off team, I guess, right. Even Tony Wynn. um, and maybe that was that, just that year. I don't have the numbers in front of me what he hit against the Marlins in his career, but I bet it was better than that number that year. But all that matters, you know, in this case is what he did that year. But still, only two opponents Tony Goode was going to play the pitching staffs was he hitting under 300 against in 1994 when the season stopped. And what I love, my favorite stat regarding the remaining schedule that he would have faced, Six opponents Tony Gwynn was hitting over 350 against. Again, let me repeat, he would have faced six different teams that he was hitting 350 or better against. So he was feasting off of these opponents. It doesn't matter who you were throwing at him. He was going to hit those pitching staffs, you know, at least from the remaining schedule, you know, even Atlanta, with those Hall of Famers, he still hit well against, you know. Um, and Florida seems like the only team that he, like, struggled against, like really struggled based on the average, you know, major league or batting average. So my thoughts, when you compare the way that he was going, obviously his talent, his work ethic, when he sets his mind to something, I feel like he does it. He was going to do it. Um, and you combine that with the schedule that he had, man, I it sucks, and they have the 394 beer and all that, I think that Tony would have gotten to 400 and made some history, and it kind of stinks. Obviously, I wasn't alive, but my parents were, and it kind of stinks that they didn't get to see that, that Padre fans didn't get to see a possible 400 batting average happen for their best player in Padres history, um, but I guess we can only simulate what would have happened in our minds that I think Tony would have gotten to that 400 number. So thank you to AJ Castlewell for writing that piece and kind of having some stats that I wanted to lay out there for you. Thank you for everyone that listened and watched again, subscribe to the YouTube channel, podcast, all that social media channels. Thank you to Daniel Carlin, uh, the follower on uh, YouTube. the viewer on YouTube who commented, wanted me to do this Tony Gwynn episode. If you would have hit 400 in 1994, Again, I think you would have let me know if there's any other things you want me to talk about. I'll be glad to do that as we are currently still in a lockout. So until next time I talk to you guys next week, let's go, Potters, and thank you so much for listening.